right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast MBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a interview episode. John and Chuck will be back for a full Fast Break Breakfast episode later in the week. It is trade season, and it's very exciting. Obviously, the Bookie Cousins trade is big news, and maybe that's the first domino to fall. Other people are going to be moving. Um, But I don't really touch on much of that. I think the NBA world is overrun right now with everyone on their Boogie Cousins takes. We will assuredly talk about it in the full show later in this week. But today's episode is with a very special guest, friend of the show, the gentleman and scholar, Mr. Brent Barry. We talk about the dunk contest, his dunk contest, his life in the league, filling the shoes of Michael Jordan, and things of that nature. If you remember, in February, we are doing a thing where if you write a five-star iTunes review, we will read it on the show. So maybe some of you guys go write your iTunes review, give you a shout-out, or promote your band or your t-shirt company or whatever it may be. And obviously that helps us out to give us those ratings. Also, if you want to get more Fast Break Breakfast and join our Slack chat and our Pick'em League and to get the weekly power rankings, you can go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. And that is money that helps keep our show going and maybe one day get rid of those annoying ads. So go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. My guest today needs no lengthy list of credentials. He is Mr. But do it anyway, Keith. Do it anyway. Oh, do okay. Do the long introduction. A uh, long introduction. No, he I'm is a, No, no, here you go. An, an analyst for NBA don't TV and Please, Turner Sports. Don't read the bio. Oh, God. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. The 1996 dunk champion. The man brought in to replace Michael Jordan for the Chicago Bulls, Mr. Brent Berry. Oh, uh, Yes, that's the way to finish it strong. <laughs> uh, Brent, how are you? <laughs> Thanks, good morning. I'm, I'm doing good, man. Good morning to you. Just grabbing a cup of coffee in San Antonio, and uh, I'm reading my 17,000th article about DeMarcus Cousins being traded. Well, he, here's a relief. I don't want to talk about DeMarcus Cousins at all. Yes. I know you have a, probably a very good opinion of that trade, but that's all I've been getting, and that isn't really what our podcast is about. We like to just focus on well, the things that are I super like interesting. Um, Divergent topics. Thank you. Exactly. Uh, I, I will ask you, though, you're having your cup of coffee. We normally start our talks, our podcasts, with talk about breakfast. Is is the cup of coffee your breakfast for today? Is that it? Uh, no, I have uh, what's also called here at the local coffee shop and that's the name of it it's it's close by but it's also the name local coffee i i have a hippie bar with my cup of coffee which is a nice mixture of some some cranberry and some nuts and done up nice in a in an almost uh brownie form and uh good healthy compliment to the to the local joe as well so that's about it that and a shake well i mean that's a that's a healthy breakfast If, if you're getting all you need did you have any spectacular breakfasts to speak of uh, in New Orleans over the All-Star break? You know, uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in not getting myself out for uh, some beignets and doing everything that I heard other people doing. But the NBA TV schedule I was on was a bit busy, and uh, I, I should have made more time. Unfortunately, I did not. So I'll have to return to New Orleans to, to do it up. 
did you have a chance? I mean, was this weekend for you? Was it more work? Did, did you have a chance, you know, to let your hair down at all? Um, yeah, that's, I'm not, that's not really my, my go-to, you know, I, I like to go and get some good food if I'm on travel time. And, uh, you know, like I said, my schedule is so that I had a morning thing or a midday thing and then a night thing. And so it, uh, it was tough to schedule the free time like I would have, but I was very thankful again for another year, courtesy of Turner sports to be at all-star weekend, run into some old teammates, some old friends, see some legendary players and spend some time just uh, shaking hands and catching up. The one cool thing, Keith, I, ha- I would tell you about is on Saturday, I was grabbing an afternoon cup of coffee with a friend and uh, I-, I got up from the table and I walked to the restroom and I got out of the restroom after washing my hands, which you should always do. And I was going back to my table and uh, I heard a voice from behind me go, hey, Brent, what's up? Turned around slowly, and it was Michael Jordan, yeah. which was really cool. He came over to me, gave me a big hug, got to visit. It was his birthday on Saturday, so I wished him a happy birthday and uh, asked me about the family and just caught up for a couple minutes and walked away, and I felt like, man, I'm 16 years old all over again. I was so giddy about it, um, and it was really cool. And the best part was is I went back to the table where my friends were sitting, and they said, did Michael Jordan just call you out and give you a hug? And I said, that's right. That is <laughs> so. That is pretty. Probably sweet. my highlight of yeah. Probably my highlight of the weekend is getting a chance to catch up with MJ and and uh, a, a quick visit with him on his birthday Saturday. That is, I think, the best run into a player story we've ever had on the show. Second place was running into Matt Barnes on Beale Street and him sprinting away. That might be the <laughs> the second best wow. player interaction wow. story we've had. Nice. I don't know if you even call that interaction. That sounds like an escape plan. Well, we saw him. We yelled, Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes, and he literally took off running. I don't, <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was. Right, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to classify that as, well, is that an interaction with a guy? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I felt like there was some eye contact. Like he acknowledged us oh, okay. and right. left. So, okay. so, you know, we felt that, like that enough. was a. But again, I mean, I guess I guess your Michael Jordan story coming up to you by name and, you know, saying, hey, uh, it's better. Um, well, the, the, I would say just to pay it off real quick, the coolest part about it is that 30 years, uh, 30 years earlier, uh, I was in the locker room in 1987 prior to the dunk contest on All-Star Saturday and uh, took a photo that I have with Michael right before he went out to win the 1987 dunk contest. So to think that 30 years later, I would be in the hotel that Michael was staying at and that he would call out to me and we'd get a chance to say hello 30 years later. God is good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. When you're at All-Star Weekend as a former, you know, event champion, is there any kind, do you get like a, like a jacket or a medallion or like a belt? just so people can recognize you. So strangers on the street can be like, Hey, this guy's part of an exclusive club. Like that guy's a, that guy's a dunk champ. Yeah, no, I got no like wooden nickel in my wallet or any kind of certificate that sits in my wallet to display for, for, for any of that nonsense. I think it'd be cool if every year they did have, and I've talked with uh, a couple of guys about actually writing a funny skit about the either dunk or three point shooters having some secret meeting in the woods in Wisconsin every summer and talking about their, uh, their, 
their role through the competition to win the trophy, but there's, there's no such thing like that at All-Star Weekend. I think you should organize it. I literally have a question written asking if you've considered starting a secret society where that is the qualification for yeah. membership, where you, you know. Yeah, no, I, th- I think there would be, there'd actually be a funny skit somewhere out there to, to write that there would be something like that. It, it starts to sound a lot like the Heisman House. We want to stay away from that as much as possible, but it would be, uh, there could be some good stuff in there. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I'm curious, looking back to one of the things that I guess I remember you most for, like I started watching basketball a lot kind of in like 96, 97 uh, when I was in high school. My parents got cable. Um, and that, that first dunk, that dunk contest you were in, how did you end up as a rookie? How did you even end up in the contest? Yeah, that's a, a really good question because I, I was not really asked to participate so much as I was told to participate. Um, I, I, I think it was a, maybe a month before February where I was in the gym after practice with uh, a teammate of mine, Bo Outlaw, at the University of Houston, and, a, and an incredible athlete at 6'7", a great jumper and dunker. And we were messing around after a practice, and uh, our PR guy was downstairs watching this, this guy by the name of Joe Safety, and he was watching us dunk out, you know, throwing balls against the, the brick wall and having them bounce up and throwing dunks from all kinds of angles in. And after one game, he came down to me uh, a few weeks later and told me, hey, you know, you're going to be in the, the rookie game, which I was just super fired up about. And then he also told me you're going to be in the dunk contest. And I said, what? What do you mean I'm going to be in the dunk contest? They said, well, we I saw you dunking that one day. We asked the league if we could get you in there. And they said, okay. And I said, but but you never asked me, <laughs> me about being in there. And he goes, well, it's kind of too late. The press release is coming out tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I was forced to get into the contest. That's how that went down. But do you, obviously that seemed like it was a good thing. I mean, you think that was a good thing for your career, right? Like it, it definitely made a name for yourself. No, I just went, oh, I had I, I had a lot of fun with it, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going there. I, I'd never lost a, a contest, and I wasn't going there to lose. But I also, you know, did not... Uh, I had not decided on my own accord to go there and uh, and participate, but it ended up working out. Yeah, definitely did. Do you still have the shooting shirt, or is that in is that in Springfield? Is that in the Hall of Fame? Where... I do have it. Well, now you're getting a little ridiculous, aren't you, Keith? Um, well, no, you, you don't I, think that's I, an iconic I'm piece kidding. of I'm, NBA history? I'm kidding. It's uh, it is in a. I you know what? It's in a box somewhere. I I absolutely have it. The, the exact location, I, I'm not sure the exact location, but I, I do have it. I think when you decide on your clubhouse for your secret society of all-star event winners, it might have a place on the wall. I would like to get Terrence Stansberry's necklaces for that wall as well. So. Oh, yeah. He's, not, he's barely on yeah. YouTube. Like, that's one where yeah, I, wanna get I, that. I think the YouTube clip of him, there's no name or anything. It's just like, here's a dunker. Yeah, I want to get that. And I want to get, I think Larry Nance wore his pants. I think. I want to get Larry, either his pants or I want to get Larry Nance's shorts when he was with the Phoenix Suns and competed many years ago. I think those would be pretty sweet. They're about four inches long. <laughs> I think these are all a, a, attainable goals for a person in your, uh, in your position. I'll keep um, working on it, Keith. <laughs> good. I saw that you, the NBA kept you from using the music you wanted for your dunk contest routine. And then the internet tells me it was LL Cool J. Uh, Is that right? Yeah. I, 
Yeah, I was trying. I guess I was trying to get a little bit ahead of the times. You know, things have gotten mass produced over the course of the last six or seven years of the dunk contest with all kinds of floral displays and gospel choirs and automobiles <laughs> and things like that. And way back in '96, I had asked them, "Is there a chance I could just at least play some play some music, like kind of choreograph uh, my minute and a half?" Because at that, at that time, you were on the clock. Like, can I choreograph it a little bit? That way I can do a couple of dunks and sit down and watch the actual dunkers win. And they would not, uh, <laughs> they would not let me do that. And I did have some LL Cool J soundtrack in mind. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to, I wasn't allowed to do it, unfortunately. But did you do your own choreography? Like, was there a specific oh, yeah. choreography yeah, I to had it? it timed out. I had it timed out to, uh, to this. I would have had it timed out to the songs. And this would have forced me to make things, but um, right, yeah, I did have it timed out. That's that's pretty awesome, uh, Jerry Stackhouse. We talk a lot on our show about Jerry Stackhouse. We have an ignoble award named for him, the Jerry Stackhouse uh, of Pancakes Award, which is nice. not a good thing. But but um, he uh, he's notorious, kind of a tough guy. I'm curious, did you fear any repercussions from him for uh, defeating him in the dunk contest? No, I wasn't scared of anybody. That's good. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he'd, he'd made his name as, as a uh, you know got. That was early in his career. I'm not sure he'd gotten in his yeah, fracases I, I, yet I, in the NBA. I, I, I Keith, to tell you the truth, I, I I'd leapt those hurdles many times in my career, so I was yeah. not concerned about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I definitely ask in jest. Um, I'm curious. So when you so you started your career with the Clippers, and then you know you, you moved around a little bit. Um, when you ended up in Seattle, it seemed like you really kind of took off, and uh, you were a, a great three-point shooter there. I'm curious, when you watch the NBA today with the emphasis on three-point shooting, do you think you could have maybe even had like an even bigger role in the league, like if you played now? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly envious of the way that the, the game has moved to uh, you know allowing guys a lot more space and freedom if you're a, a skilled player and. Uh, yeah, it would have been fantastic to, to run around today and have the opportunity to take the first available three or be able to lead the break and make some plays and passes. But, uh, you know, the game, the game moves on. It's, you could say the same thing about some of these guys, uh, you know, having to play through the sludge of the late 80s with the hand check rules and everything that, uh, everything that gets done in terms of rule changes and the way that the talent is assessed and the skill of some of these guys, the game keeps evolving. And so, um, you know, at my time it wasn't like this and that's more than okay. I'm really enjoying what it is that guys are allowed to do today and how much freedom and flow there is in today's game. Right. When you ended up in San Antonio, did you, and you obviously had great success there, won a couple championships. San Antonio gets all this respect and all this talk about being like such the winning culture, the winning organization. Was it noticeable to you when you first showed up or do you just notice it in retrospect that maybe like things were different there or did well, you know it was when you were there? Well, it's a great question, Keith. I think the thing that's noticeable uh, about what San Antonio does is noticeable every time you play them. So it's not even about being there or so much having conversations with Pop and R.C. Buford. It's about, you know, as a competitor, when you play against that team and you see how, uh, how disciplined they are, how focused they are, um, how unshakable they are, 
that you kind of understand that something different's going on at that place. I certainly in the first few weeks being after being in San Antonio, not even being here, but in talking with Pop and RC and about the opportunity to get a chance to play um, in SA for the Spurs, you know, I knew what I was getting myself into. That's something that I chose to do. I had a lot of options to play on different teams and had some options that uh, even on the financial side of things were a lot more lucrative than coming to San Antonio, but it's something that I wanted to be a part of and something that I wanted to experience. And so I knew that there was a difference and that difference was uh, about sort of about the way the game was played and about how roles were defined and about, uh, you know, giving yourself a chance every year to get better. And it was a, it was a lot of fun and, and pretty much, pretty much spot on to what I thought it was going to be about. Did you ever get a chance to play Dungeons and Dragons with Tim Duncan? No D and D. I never saw him pull that out. He was too busy on his on his PlayStation or, or, or PSP on the plane. So no D and D, but plenty of opportunities to to play some video games for sure. What what, what video games were you playing back then? Oh man, uh, I guess sometimes on the plane we would play some uh, some team poker games on the plane. Uh, a lot of it was uh, Madden football. Very few hoops on it. More Madden football, FIFA soccer, uh, you know, a few Call of Duty type of games, although it wasn't as as big back then. But, you know, those kind of shooter games, things right. like that. Yeah. Um, so after your playing career, how did you end up um, in this, like, TV analyst role and then moving into color commentary? Well, uh, I, I really thought that at some point in my in my career and this is kind of an all-encompassing basketball career that uh, I would love to do some work broadcasting and and uh, talking about the game and having a chance to you know eventually sit courtside and call games which has been a lot of fun over the last couple of years to be able to go out and do that for TNT but um you know the NBA TV side of things I thought that uh, I thought that would be a good opportunity to go there and learn how broadcast work gets done and um, have a chance to, to talk the game there where you can get a little bit more in depth than running through the car wash at ESPN. And, and then my brother, John was already working at ESPN and, you know, there's no way I'd want to go work with that guy. So <laughs> yeah, the NBA TV side of things at Turner, uh, were, were very inviting to me. And so it's been eight years or nine years of doing that sort of stuff. And now I have a chance to go out and do play by play with the, with the hall of fame voices of Marv Albert, and Kevin Harlan and, Ian Eagle and Brian Anderson, I mean, some of the best guys in the business. So it's really a, really a kick in the pants to go out and be able to do that and talk about what these guys on the court are doing today. Are you, I know, I know you're somewhat aware. I'm curious, uh, asking about your brother, John, who actually was one of my favorite basketball players when I first started watching, uh, basketball or the NBA. I, I know you hear the Twitter noise of people being upset with John Barry or, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, there's fire John Barry websites yeah, and things. Yeah, is is it he just doesn't care, or he does he find it amusing, or uh, do you feel like you have to stand I, I don't up for know. him? I, you know what? No, to be honest, Keith, I never really asked him about it. Um, I think there's a pretty good sense that people have that whether you know, no matter what's said, he really he doesn't care all that much. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of his personality we're a little bit different that way uh in, in our personality and approach he's a a bit terse and a bit short and uh if, if the glass was full uh he'd look at it as halfway uh empty and so <laughs> that comes across so we're very different in that way i just don't think he cares all that much 
And uh, I, I do find some of those things that, that come across pretty amusing. But I will say this, Keith, he does have a good he does have a good basketball mind. He does know the game. He just uh, doesn't maybe put the glaze on the donut, as they say, in the most <laughs> positive ways possible. So since we're talking breakfast, yeah, JB, it's 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 a it's a plain donut. Yeah, not not always the glaze on the donut. He seems like he's not having yeah. fun. I think it comes across. I think that I think that might be one of the things that that rubs people because we're all like, this job seems yeah. awesome to you know us lay yeah. people, and we're like, he seems angry. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I I try to coax him out of some of that, and uh, obviously it's not working. It's not working all that well. <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm going to ask you actually a complete change of pace to close up. I know I, I read you. You're a surfer. And I'm going to ask you about a couple of other alternative sports. Um, one yeah, that sure. I, one that I'm interested in. Uh, are you aware of Ultimate Frisbee? Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. When I was at the, when I was in Oregon State, that was a big. Uh, uh, it was a, a big after you know, on campus they had leagues and whatnot. So oftentimes, just outside of uh, Gill Coliseum, uh, when the sun would shine, which would be about six days a year up there, uh, we would get out and get on the fields and and play. So yeah, completely aware. Yeah. Cause I, I know you, you, you spend some time in Atlanta. Atlanta has a big ultimate Frisbee scene and you look like an, I know obviously you're an NBA athlete, but you yeah. look like a, a Frisbee player kind of like preferring to wear t-shirts, yeah. tall, lanky runner. I don't know if post career you want, you wanted to dive into some of that again. Yeah. You know, I played more beach. I played more beach volleyball than that. So I, I, my summers are mostly on the West coast. So that's where I get a chance to get on my board and surf a little bit. And then, uh, Playing a lot of a lot of tournaments over the summertime uh, on the sands of uh, Hermosa and Manhattan Beach, and get out there and play a little bit of volleyball. So that's sort of where I transferred over to. That sounds that sounds glorious. Uh, another sport. I don't know if you watched the Olympics over the summer for the team handball. Team handball. Team handball, amazing. Not really big in the U.S. though. We don't really send no. a team. Uh, and I have a soft commitment from Brandon Wright. That he might look into oh the twenty the, the twenty twenty you know Olympics might be in for Tokyo yeah. for, to organize a team. I'm curious if you'd be interested to get involved as well. If we can maybe get the ball rolling with, with two commitments. Well, I'm 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 well past my athletic prime, but I love the Brandon Wright call. I mean, can you imagine the whip that guy? He could almost place it in the goal from what is it the eighteen foot line or twenty foot line? I can't remember how far out how they got to jump him. before winging it. I don't know how you do that. What a what an amazing uh, guy to see out there, and and some of those guys are that big. They're like six, six, eight, six, nine. Some of those guys have fifty-inch vertical leaps. That's an amazing sport. Yeah. So I, th- I don't know. I mean, maybe if you could come in in an honorary capacity, help organize. You know. Yeah. No. I I think those guys have it pretty much taken care of. Keith, those are, those are the best handball players in the world. But I I do think there would be some NBA guys that you could go. Huh, I wonder if that guy got three months to train just how far along he can come and not to take away uh, anything from the, the guys that are on the U S team, but to see how, how much those guys could uh, make an impact or improve in just a short period of time and learn that game. Yeah. I'd love to see it. And, and team and the U S team has open auditions. I mean, open tryouts. Well, I'd so. be shot. I'd be scared if Giannis decided to do something for the Greek national team though, then we'd be in trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be good. All right. Well, Brent, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. Really enjoy seeing you on NBA TV. And thanks a bunch for taking time for us. 
You got it, Keith. Good to good to speak with you, and uh, I'll, I'll get my yellow "How's It Going" shirt on, oh. and uh, try to get it back on the air with the starters. I love it. And uh, grab yourself another cup of coffee. Thanks for the time. I'll do it. Have a good one, Brent. You got it, Keith. So once again, thanks to Brent Berry. Once again, living up to his reputation as one of the friendliest guys out there covering the NBA. You guys, thanks for listening. Remember to write those five-star iTunes reviews, and we will read them on air. And go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast and maybe support us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. Go to thestepback.com to get all your NBA news and entertainment. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing.